lifepodcasts.fm. This podcast is a Prime Media Broadcasting production. People are reshaping the mindset of the masses. Africa State of Mind. I think I can safely say that my guest on today's episode of Africa State of Mind is every African parent's dream child. I mean, she's an engineer. Because, you know, growing up, we were all meant to be doctors, lawyers, or engineers. Not just, not, not only that, but she's also successful and has gone to places that many people have never gone before. As a recipient of the Black Engineer of the Year Award and the most promi- for the most promising engineer in the United States government, she currently has a doctorate degree in aerospace engineering and is an aerospace research engineer at NASA Ames Research Center in Silicon Valley, words I thought I would never be saying. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, she loves a hip hop and futures on her playlist. But we also want to find out some of her favorite um, Afrobeats artists because she's 100% Niger. Oh, and she loves to dance too. She is most definitely the epitome of African excellence. Please help me welcome my girl. I've just said it now, <laughs> Dr. Wendy Okolo. Welcome to Africa State of Mind. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you did your homework. I did. That information was not in the bio we sent over. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How do you know I'm a music head? How do you know that? Because, you know what? Okay, let me be, like, honest, right? So I checked on your um, Instagram feed, and I saw there was somebody that we both, well, I assumed he, the person possibly knew you. I'll do um, my Corey. Cause okay. he was, yeah. So, and then I looked and I thought, hmm, everybody out who like kind of like follows anything has some sort of interest in music. And then I listened to some of your talks and I'm like, there, I knew it. And then I also found out that you were part of the dance. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm like the the sniper in information. Seriously. <laughs> yes. 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 This is very true. This is, <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. I spent. A lot of my time working and listening to entire hip-hop albums, Nigerian music. Um, yeah, I do have my music predilections that I am very proud of, of course. <laughs> we, exactly. And we're all very proud. And you know what? I, what I love about just being able to talk to you is that, you know, as I was trying to prepare what was I going to ask, you know, what, are, what the first question I was going to ask you, um, because I'm not particularly strong in my sciences, I think my dad would be, uh, he's going to be so impressed that I said all the words I did. Um, <laughs> I literally keep thinking about um, the movie Hidden Figures, uh, you know, about the three ladies, I believe it was the three ladies who basically were involved with the launch of astronaut John Glenn into orbit and guaranteeing his safety back, you know. So I really thought that, oh, wow, like Wendy feels like one of those people people do you get that comparison a lot <laughs> you know I, you know I, I don't know so I, I think sometimes people will refer me to as our own hidden figure and I, I I don't really know so I'm starting to become more accessible and starting to put myself out there more in fact I started to do that just this year mm. Um, and that's why you see me being more active on social media and Instagram and Twitter with my professional life. But I've been, you know, I've been in this space for years, right? Mm. I got my bachelor's degree in aerospace in 2010. But I'm just, you know, my very, even very, very good friends have told me when they found out, because someone featured me in a book about a year ago, and a friend of mine stumbled on it, and then they're reading this body. These are good friends of mine, and they're how come we don't know all this stuff about you? Do you have a different life and a different <laughs> set of friends that you share all of this stuff with? And who do you invite to these award ceremonies? And what's going on? Yeah. I'm like, I just, I, at some point, I stopped even inviting people. I wouldn't even 
like every semester, every year, there was something and there was an award or going somewhere. And I really just didn't even want to share all of that. So I learned this year. So I realized that I had access to a lot of information mm. just being being in the space that I am. I had access to tools, techniques, tidbits, and tricks that could help people that look like me, mm. right? That could help people that look like me all around the world. I know where the scholarships are. I know where the money is. I know how to, you know, how to tell, how, you know, I, I know how to let people, like, do well in school. Mm. I know what the tips and tricks are. I know how to, you know work with your professor, your te- I, I know the things, mm. so I started to kind of put myself out there with some of that. So I'm trying to become unhidden. Yeah. Um, but I know, I don't, but I don't want to do it for me because inside me, inherently, I really just, you know, want to be low-key with some of these things that I'm starting to share more and put myself out there. Mm. This is the first interview um, that I'm actually really doing since I went viral early this oh, year. I, I did one for my university yes. and had to, re- I did that last year. I had to redo it last week, but this really is the first one oh. that I'm, you know, sharing and talking to people and just, just trying to become unhidden. So mm. yeah, but those women, you know, I'm not on their level. They paid, they paid, I mean, they paid mm. away, right? Those are trailblazers. Mm. I met one of them. I was on a panel with one of them two years ago. Oh, wow. And she's featured in the book, but not, yeah, oh, brilliant woman. She's featured in the book, but not in the movie. So there were four of them and she wasn't featured in the movie because she came like a decade later. Okay. And she's a supersonic flight researcher, Dr. Darden, just a brilliant, witty, Funny woman, yeah. very very funny. I'm not now. I now have a level of this woman. This is a real trailblazer. Yeah, no, I do understand what you're saying. And I love your humility. And I think, you know, as you were saying about um, coming out, you know, like just being a little less hidden um, and it being about people showing girls who look like you that things like the like this is possible. It just makes me feel that for definite, as I was preparing for the interview, that you are somebody who with what you're doing, it's definitely purpose-driven. So I think that that's so lovely that you kind of articulated it, um, what I kind of, the sense that I got from your work. Um, so we have something in common. Both of us have sisters called Phyllis, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Spelt exactly the same. I'm not kidding. I'm like, in my mind, or we're like, we're family. Like, which one is this? <laughs> okay. We're family now, you know? I'm telling you. We're family, yeah. Yeah, yes. and it's, it's it's not a common name, too. It's not a common really name isn't. at all. Yeah. Mm-mm, no. So, so just, oh, I have to let her know. Exactly. So now just talking about your, your upbringing, um, your parents are, are Nigerian. I don't know if you're first generation um, or if you, if you were born in Nigeria or in the States. I'm not quite sure about that information. But you do talk quite a lot about how your sisters encouraged you with regards to your sciences. Can you talk a bit about um, that relationship with, with both your sisters, Jennifer and Phyllis? Sure. Yeah, sure. So um, I have two big sisters. They are my defenders, my heroes. They just, you know, have always had my back since day one. In fact, Jennifer was like my, like my big brother. You know, she was like, who hurt you? Who said this? Yeah. But, you know, so I, was, I would say I was, you know, very spoiled in that regard in that I don't think I had, I, don't, I didn't have the challenges that they had, right? Mm-hmm. They paved the way for me. They went through um, the craziness of college or... Um, being in the States and starting college, where because we went to um, secondary school, high school in Nigeria. Yes. So I learned a lot from them in terms of navigating things. But more importantly, they were also my first friends, right? Mm-hmm. So um, my, big, my biggest sister, Phyllis, um, 
and forget this about her. She has a master's in neuroscience oh, and wow. is a medical doctor. Sure. I keep forgetting she went and got a master's. Who does that? Yes. Right? Who goes and gets a master's in neuroscience before they go to med school? Like, who, who do you think you are? Exactly. So um, <laughs> she's a neuroscientist and a medical doctor, but even like when we were really young, so I, I followed her everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why I just like to follow her everywhere. I remember walking with her one time to her friend's house. I was maybe nine at the time or eight. We were walking somewhere, and she was teaching me um, about what she learned in biology. Mm -hmm. She was in secondary school, and she was telling me about osmosis. And she's like, you know how um, things move, and you can't see them, and how gases move and diffuse. And she was like, you know how when you fart in one room, and I can smell it in the other room. It's like the gas is moving. I'm like, no, 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 when you fart. She's like, no, when you fart. I'm like, oh. So, so it's, it's through, um, through simple things like that that she would teach me, you know, the sciences and what she learned. And to date, we still even have those conversations. So in my mind, I'm an honorary um, medical doctor. We still talk about, like, how the brain works and how sure. psychology is and how we were talking about endometriosis recently. And she was talking about how the... Uterine, uterine lining just sheds and I was mind blown and so so fascinated mm. by it um so we're Nigerian we're very Nigerian but we're also American um, yes. my dad's Nigerian American um we're basically all Nigerian American but they may have go to um school secondary school in Nigeria right African parents they want to actually learn to Ex- and you went you went to a like, really good secondary on. school I think you went to Queen's College in Lagos right I did. I and did that's, <laughs> that's a really yeah. good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It's a really, really good school. I find, I, I, you know, I, I'm out of it now and I find just a bunch of cutesy girls just doing amazing, amazing mm. things. My alma, alma mater, yeah, it, it definitely challenged me, right, because you're in a place where um, it's smart, really, really smart people from very diverse backgrounds and you're, you know, studying and trying to stay up for a while still looking cute and girly at the same time. Mm, yeah. are pretty and smart, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, but that's, uh, that's how I yeah. find most Nigerians are in general. It's like one of the most distinguishing things. Like Nigerian women are incredibly smart, but they also make sure that they look pretty all the time. Yes. <laughs> you got to look cute, right? Yeah, you, you got to look cute. Yeah, like you, you know, you want to look nice. You want to look nice. You want to look cute, right? Yeah, so, exactly. and that, and I think that's what people find um, interesting or surprising. I'm not saying I look cute all the time. I mean, most times I'm at work and jeans and a nice enough shirt. You you're, you're cute, but you're it, cute. It, it, <laughs> I, thank you, thank you, sis. Thanks, appreciate it. But like, I care about those things, right? Yeah. And, and that's what I try to tell these young girls. There's no box, right? You don't. Yeah. No one says you, if you're interested in science or math or engineering, you can't do the other things that you love. You can't um, love music. You can't like makeup and mascara and red lipstick. You can do all of that, mm-hmm. right? There's different kinds of people and there is no box. That, yeah. Now, um, while you were studying, I think that you, you did an internship. And like in this interview, I'm going to be saying phrases and words that I've, I never thought I'd be saying in my life, like quite literally. So if I say something funny, feel free to laugh. <laughs> but while you were studying, you worked, um, <laughs> you worked, uh, you did an inter- internship when you worked on SR-71 Blackbird. <laughs> so <laughs> I was quite fascinated so, as I was doing that, the research around that, if you could share what that is, because that's quite yeah. a big deal. 
And so that is one of the things that is inaccurate about the stories that are okay. populating the Internet. Yeah. The SO-71 Blackbird was a plane that, so basically the CIA, you know, wants a plane that, it's like a spy plane that can go coast to coast really fast, by really fast, and can be shut down, yes. right? Mm. Kelly Johnson, this guy that worked at Lockheed Martin, was contracted with doing uh, the development. So he goes, Lockheed Martin is one of the um, U.S. Department, it's one of the U.S. government's largest defense military contractors they make a lot of they, they do a lot of really really cool things so Kelly Johnson this guy there's a in fact there's a book I think there's a book about the skunk work so this guy goes and pulls different people from this large organization uh Lucky Martin and puts them like kind of in a tent and they're working on things that the rest of the group aren't working on they're called the skunk works mm. it's like a like a cool team like the Avengers oh, right nice. <laughs> yes. so they're called the skunk works or the advanced development programs of Lockheed Martin that team still exists till today, right? So it's changed, right? Because this was years ago, like, you know, so the team still exists till today in different, there are a couple of, like, locations in the U.S. And, um, and but, but, but that Stonkworks division still exists. Not the original team, I mean, but the division still exists. So when I was in graduate school, in fact, when I, even when I was an undergrad, I worked for Lockheed Martin on mm-hmm. different, um, different projects as, you know, as an undergraduate student, on, on one project primarily, different summers. And then when I was in graduate school, when I was doing my PhD, I got the opportunity to work with the Skunk Works team. Mm-hmm. So I worked, I was part of the Skunk Works Advanced mm-hmm. Development Programs on something completely different. So when I told that story, this is cold from the video of me talking to some really young kids. It was kind of telling them about the cool SR-71 Blackbird that was created years, like years before mm-hmm. me. Um, but I worked on the S-35C, which is um, a fighter plane that has multiple variants. And so the S-35C, we're doing some kind of performance-optimizing stuff. If you look at a plane right now, I'm going to get, like, technical with fun. And you just sat on the plane and, like, you kind of looked out at the wings and you see flaps going up and down. Yes. like. And you wonder why they're not controlling those things. Sometimes you just kind of say, and then when you land, you see, oh, like some like flash or spoilers go yeah. up, right? Yes. Those surfaces, they're called aerodynamic control surfaces. And there are different forms of them. There's like an aileron, rudder, elevator. Those surfaces are actually used to control the plane. They're used to steer it. They're used to pitch it up and down. They're used to yell it left and right. So those are actually control surfaces. And you can deflect them in a more optimal fashion, right, so that they reduce drag. Because when you deflect them, they cause some drag. And drag is the opposite of thrust that moves you. Drag slows you down. Sometimes mm-hmm. you want to go fast, right? Mm-hmm. So you can deflect them optimally and reduce drag. So that was kind of some of the stuff that I was on. That's kind of the stuff that's my 4K, actually, oh, okay. um, in optimizing control surfaces so that you're inducing less drag on a vehicle. Oh, sure, that's incredible. So I didn't work on the Blackbird. <laughs> you worked, so you I didn't work on the SR71. I did not. No. Okay. No. Yeah, so we'll say done way before my time. <laughs> and now, just in terms of some of your other career highlights, because there is, I did find that there were there was some information, there was something that also came out, and you said, "Please, dear, that information is not correct." For you, what are some of the the highlights um, with regards to your career um, and projects that you've worked on that you'd like to share about? Because there is a lot of misinformation um, out there. Right, right. Um, so, 
My dissertation research was really, really cool. I mean, I think everyone that has a PhD feels this way about their dissertation (laughs) research. It's the thing that you spend all that time with. It's your baby. It's the thing you sleep, you dream, you wake up and get right into, you write about, you talk to people about, you become an expert in your field, right? Mm -hmm. So you basically are tasked with making an original contribution to your field. And my dissertation research was in aircraft formation flight. That's really, really cool stuff. So when you think about when birds are migrating, they kind of fly in some sort of formation, right? Have you seen like a flock of birds like just, you know, flying together in what looks like an extended, staggered, multiple V formation? Mm-hmm. Birds are really smart. They do that because the ones behind don't require as much energy to fly. Mm-hmm. So the ones in front, the lead birds, are generating, so as they fly, they're generating some vortices as they're going through the air, some sort of off-wash off that the follower birds can position themselves strategically in a location and take advantage of. Yes. That can be applicable to planes. They're not flying this close because those vortices extend way back, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you can position planes in really significant, like, extended formations far enough behind, and the ones behind don't require as much fuel to fly. Mm. And what this translates to in terms of the aviation industry, because I was doing this primarily for the military, the Air Force Research Lab who funded my graduate studies, um, is it's a significant reduction in aviation fuel, right? I mean, billions are spent each year in the commercial airline industry. We know that. Mm. So if someone can, you know, cut down some of these costs, that I'm spending the fly here and fly yeah. there, that'd be great. So that's really cool, really exciting sure. stuff. So I got to spend um, five years in graduate school doing that. I also get to do some really, really, really cool things at NASA, right? That's why I'm there. I get, um, get to lead some really fun projects. Right mm-hmm. now I am on a team that is doing position um, guidance and control for deployable entry vehicles, that sounds like a lot of words. Basically, basically, if you think about like Apollo, like the Apollo missions and spacecraft that flew um, and the the way they're shaped, Mm. they're shaped kind of like, they're shaped like a rigid, blunt body, like, you know, that they have a fixed shape. Mm. But deployable entry vehicles can be stowed and deployed literally. In fact, the one I'm working on deploys like an umbrella. So you can imagine hmm. your umbrella that's like packaged, like stowed, yeah. and then you open it and it's like boom. Wow. And it opens like that. How do you control something? Exactly, like that? yeah. Right? How do you control? What do you put your control surfaces on? But mm-hmm. the good thing is, like, when it's stowed like that, then you can package more stuff, right? And going to space and doing, you know, all of that cool stuff is packaging that size constraints. Mm-hmm. So if we can leave those constraints, then we can get even. Um, better or higher payloads and um, more, we can do more science. We can bring more stuff back. We mm. can look at more cool stuff and make life better here on Earth even. Um, so I, I get to do some really, really cool stuff. I'm working on, like, in addition, some uh, safety for integrating drones into the airspace. Mm. Right? Drones are the next hot thing, right? There's yeah. any drones flying yeah. above you, taking pictures, you know? package delivery, medical supplies, right? Mm. Trying to make the human condition better, mm. right? It's, you know, imagine, imagine someone needing a transplant or needing an organ and, you know, this just happened and then you're stuck in traffic or the, the organ is, you know, being transplanted mm. to a hospital where it's needed. This is, these are the things that drones are useful for, but then how do you integrate 
an architecture that's safe and efficient. So I lead a team now of about 13 researchers um, at NASA to, to investigate some of these things. Oh, that's so, a, yeah, my entire career has been really exciting. Yeah, it, it really sounds like you, like, I love listening to you speak about your work because it sounds like, number one, you're in your dream job. And I love the fact that you're passionate about it, you know. Um, and more than anything, I guess I, I did also want to know, with regards to transferring or just um, igniting that sort of passion, say, with um, with African girls specifically uh, who are based on the continent, what would you say uh, with regards to how it is that we get more um, girls, actually, like, in general, like, uh, you know, children in Africa in, interested in the sciences because that's going to be one of the, the areas where people's lives can change in quite a dramatic way. So how would you, if you're, if somebody's a parent and they want to, they want to inspire their children to be like, okay, look, look at going into the sciences, you know, how, what would you kind of advice would you give where that's concerned? Right. And, and, and I can tell my story and how it worked for me. So like you said, starting with interview, Nigerian parents just, they're going to be a doctor, they're going to be an engineer, they're going to be a lawyer, they put it in your head. Now the narrative, the narrative is changing, you know, mm-hmm. it's changing, right? It's changing quite a bit because you have successful people doing very, very different things. But they put it in my head when I was younger. And, and I was like, okay, yeah, maybe an engineer. And in fact, I was five, mm-hmm. I believe five years old or six in, in primary three mm-hmm. when it was career day and I had to get up and tell the class what we were going to be when we, you know, when we grew up. And I got to my journey and I said, I'm going to be an engineer. Right, mm-hmm. my parents had put it in my head I was going to be an engineer, and um, silence. It was dead silence, and my teacher laughed. Wow. True story. I'm not making this up. Wow. I'm not making this up. My teacher laughed at me, sure. and because she laughed, the entire class laughed at me. Right mm-hmm. now, I'm a 30 year old woman. That cannot even remotely get to me. But this is a five, six year old mm-hmm. girl. Mm-hmm. My self esteem, I was shattered. Sure. They thought it was funny. She laughed. She said, You want to be an engineer? You're going to be fixing sewing fans. That's what you want to do for a living. And so I went home and I told my mom, I don't want to be an engineer anymore. True story. I'm not kidding. And I was like, Why? I was like, my teacher, Mrs. Obi, said, I can't. I'm going to be fixing sewing fans, and I don't want to fix sewing fans. I was like, what? Who told her that? <laughs> you know, my mom went off. She yeah. called her sorts names, you know. But she was, she was able to reaffirm um, my, my interest and my knowledge, and by telling me they did so much more. And so it all starts with education, right? I think people need to, one, be aware of the different facets of something like this, not just even engineering, but any scientists, technical. I, you know, I know someone who said they were interested in science, but they're not sciencey people, mm-hmm. you know, but she was a journalist trying to interview me. I was like, no, you could be a science communicator. There are people that work at NASA that are not scientists, so write about the science that mm-hmm. scientists do. There's so many paths. There's so many things within this really fun, exciting field that you can do. I'm not the kind of engineer that likes to take things apart. I don't know. How, I wouldn't know how to. I don't know how to change the oil in my car. I don't. Have, I I learned how to change my tire once, and I was like, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> you know, I don't like to take things apart, break them up. I don't like to get dirty. I don't want to get my hands dirty. I don't want my nails to look dirty. Yes. But I like to think, and I like to ask questions, and I get very excited about stuff. So I work on my computer. I write code. I pull the people together that can answer the fun stuff, and you know, do really exciting work. So for what I'd say, education in terms of actually letting people know the kind of opportunities that are out there that um, that they might not think about, too, are, you know, 
we need support, right? You know, from mm. our teachers, right? People can't, you can't be out here laughing at girls that want to meet you. And here's, it's not funny. There's nothing, mm. you're funny. There's nothing funny about that. Mm. You know, that's, that's, that's a mess. So we need really to have people that aren't just, you know, talking the talk, walking the walk too, right? That are really inspiring and encouraging these people because it's not just a question of we need more women in STEM or we need girls to be in STEM. It's that the solutions that we generate when we have a diverse representation of people in those rooms create and make life better for all. Yes, if yes. everyone that was making the decisions and the quality of life looks like an older white man, mm. come on now. Exactly. Come on. Sure. We'd be left out, mm. right? The solutions wouldn't advance humanity. So we want solutions that advance humanity, right? We want humankind to do better. We all want to be looking and feeling better. So um, for one, we need to be encouraging these girls. We need to be providing the opportunity, the access um, to education and things like that. And and it starts with everyone, right? A third grade teacher, um, to the parents, to people like me and you having these conversations, mm. you interviewing me, you, didn't, you don't have to do this. Yeah. Or you didn't have to reach. You didn't have to have someone reach out to me and have me in your podcast. And I'm doing this because you know we're hoping someone out there sees this or re, you know re, listens to this podcast, mm. listens to this interview, and you know and gets a renewed, re-inspired um, uh, perspective of what it is that they're trying to do. Another thing I really, really, absolutely have to say is everything's for everybody. Yes. Right. Just because someone sounds smarter than you in class doesn't mean they are actually smarter than you in class. Mm. That's the truth. If you don't understand something, take it back one step further. If you don't understand, go back another step further. Like, that's how math is, right? It built upon itself. Mm -hmm. I was an undergrad, and literally, I knew the libraries, the library websites of my friends' universities in other schools. Mm -hmm. I used to legit have my friends write me books. For stuff that I couldn't get in my library with stuff that I couldn't understand. And I'd come pick it up in Houston. I went to school in Dallas, Texas. I'd drive to Houston, go pick up books just so that I could understand the material that seemed difficult or even intractable for me at the time. So everything's for everybody. It takes due diligence and not everyone is the smartest they seem. <laughs> I like, yeah, that is so true. Um, and it is about like being curious the whole time. I guess that plays a huge role with regards to sciences, which is an aspect I never actually really thought about until um, you explained that. But now let's talk about, you mentioned about, um, you kind of touch on issues around diversity and so forth, um, you know, and how we need to see more people, uh, different ranges of people. So everything is for everybody. And I believe it was in 2015, you won the American Institute of Aeronautics and astronautics um, and you were the only female I believe in a particular picture and the only <laughs> woman of color and then of course the only African <laughs> so you were you were checking every single box it's like female check woman of color check African check you know <laughs> what was <laughs> you know yeah. and you were the youngest person I think you were the youngest person in the picture if I remember Yes. yes. So you, the so only woman, the only black person, and the youngest person in that picture. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, you <laughs> so it's one of my favorite pictures to show people that you don't always fit in. Yes. 
Yeah. yeah. Did you ever have a situation where you had like uh, perhaps like imposter syndrome and so forth? Because I feel as though because we interviewed different people. So uh, th- just the other day we interviewed the former vice president of South Africa and she was the first vice president, female vice president in South Africa. And she spoke a little bit about with regards to politics and she actually works at the UN now as executive director. And she said it's so important that women and girls should feel like they belong. You know, they have to believe it in their minds. She, she really spoke about that. In the sciences, do you feel that um, there's a little bit of, of like an imposter syndrome that can perhaps happen with girls when they want to go into sciences? Girl, of course. <laughs> I am yet, I want to meet the person that has never had imposter syndrome. I just, I, I just want to shake their hand. I just, you know, I just want to meet that person. Of yeah. course. And we all, we all have it. Mm. In fact, I was at MIT in 2016. I remember this story because Someone was recently at NASA on, I believe, a Tuesday. I just had a meeting with my intern, went down for the seminar real quick. She was a professor at the University of Colorado, I believe, with her colleague. They gave this presentation, blah, blah, pretty cool. I asked them really, really hard questions, and I left. Mm. Got an email from her that night. She's like, Wendy, I'm looking at you and trying to figure out where I know you. And we were both at MIT, we were both selected to present at this MIT Women in Aerospace Symposium in 2016. And thanks for your questions and blah, blah, blah. We're looking at your email and so proud and happy to see all the work you're doing in the public engagement sphere and the cool work you're doing, blah, blah. I was like, crap, if I knew I knew this girl like that, I wouldn't have asked her all those hard questions. Mm. But, But we were both at an event that we met a computer science professor. At Harvard, that was featured, I think, in like Science or Times, I don't know, 100 Women or something like that. Dr. Radhika Nakpal, brilliant woman that does like robotics and swarms and, you know, just like computer science, like orientation group things work. And just, I was blown away, mm. right? Mind blown. And she was standing in front of these recent PhDs in aerospace talking about imposter syndrome and how. She almost didn't attend this because she's like, what does she have to tell us? What is she, you know, what's she going to share? She, she doesn't know. She, and then hit me. Then I was like, ah, it's everybody. Mm. It is everybody. It is every single one. We're, we're all going through it, right? You need the most accomplished, established people, particularly women, particularly people of color. Mm. And we go through it, right? We wonder, we wonder, I think for me, it's like, you wonder, is it luck? Did I just get lucky? Did mm. mm. someone just like me enough to put me here? Or was it a fluke that I got that outstanding technical achievement and all of that? But then you keep getting it, right? You keep getting the awards. You keep getting the recognition. You keep coming up with these research ideas. You keep establishing these bomb collaborations. You keep getting promoted. You're like, okay. So maybe so all of these little things kind of help and reaffirm that you do deserve to be in that yes. place. Sure. And no one, Pete, there's no one who, uh, who told you they deserve to be there more than you, right? Katherine mm-hmm. Johnson, one of the hidden figures, you need to read the book, by the way. I don't know yes. if you've read it, but you absolutely need to read the book. It's so good. No, I, I'm definitely going to pick it up. <laughs> oh, you, you have to read it. You're gonna, it's one of the, like, it's in my top five. Cause it deserves its own place, not just, you know, as an aerospace 101 book, mm. but it deserves its quote as a civil rights book. Sure. Because what the book does for you is it positions what the women were dealing with, what they were going through, mm. with the times, which shows you, you know, what was going on outside the gate versus what was going on within those gates of NASA language, right? And Kathleen Johnson's mom, my dad, that I don't remember, said, 
You're not better than anyone, and no one is better than you. Mm. So good. How humbling and elevating at the same time, Mm. right? So we all go through it, but you also, one, have to remember everyone deserves to be here. Mm. And two, you have something unique to contribute. You're the only you on this planet, so your perspective is different. The way you see things is different. You know, I mean, you, you do have something to contribute. No one thinks like you. And three, with imposter syndrome, do diligence. You have to do your due diligence. You have to go back. If you don't understand something, you go back to the source and try to make sure you get it, right? Mm. The Bible says, find me a man or a woman who is diligent in his work Mm. or her work. I'm throwing the woman in there, right? Yes. And he or she will stand before kings. Amen. Right? Africans, we like to... Uh-huh. We like the one that says, God will anoint my head. Uh-huh. My head. Do your work. <laughs> Please, now, what is your work? What, what's your own? <laughs> what? You have to do your work. Exactly. You have to do the work. You have to be ready to do the work. And then the shining will come and the anointing of head before enemies will come mm-hmm. and you will stand before kings. So I think we, we all go through it, established mm-hmm. or not. We all have some sort of impulsive syndrome that we battle and people handle it very different ways. So for mm-hmm. me, it's just my due diligence and remembering I I get a chance to be here just like everyone else does. Dr. Okola, you have taken me I to right. you have taken me to church, you have taken me to to science, you have just taken me to life. It's like it's like seriously. And next thing I just want us to be sitting and eating a meal together. But it's been a fantastic conversation. And you know, you still have so so much further to go. So I'm just really excited to be watching your career and and hopefully with this podcast many other uh, people will just get to know a lot more about you because I think that your work is incredible and it's just awesome that even as a person you're even nicer, which is great. But I want to ask a few fun <laughs> questions. Um since you 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 went to uh, secondary school in Lake um, for you, um, what is, I don't know, I mean, because a lot of my friends who are like Nigerian and so forth, wherever they travel, they find Niger food is like, oh, please, I'm going to eat this one <laughs> for you. What's your favorite um, Nigerian dish? <laughs> you know, yeah, because I know you're Igbo, so I was trying so to think funny, maybe yeah. a goosey. Anyone- <laughs> no. Anyone that knows me, uh. in fact, I mean, I didn't really eat. Go explain the lengths I would go to get yam. Uh, listen, I'm, yam I'm is a the professional best. yam uh-huh. fryer eater. I've, I realized that I've been like this for like 20 years. Even if someone just goes to fry yam every day, uh. if you just yam, just yam, 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 yam. <laughs> well, there's nothing better than yam. Like- People say it's plantain. It's not true. It's, it's yam. You know, for me also, yeah. I love yam. Like it's, I think it's awesome. And you should be careful because if if the room, I mean, there's like some old tale about. I think there's a particular town in twins? Nigeria about the twins. About the twins. So, yeah. Let them come. You're like, Let amen. No. Come. <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen. We receive. Even me, I receive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. And then in terms of, um, like, with regards to Africa, Africa really seems to be center to a lot of global conversations across the board, you know. Um, and I think when it comes to culture, it's a huge thing. When I was in Port Harcourt last year, I interviewed somebody who, um, he has a, a school that taught a lot of different people in Nollywood. And he said that one of Nigeria's biggest exports was its culture. And we see this through the music and the fashion. I mean, it's like it's undoubted, you know. For you, 
I want to know who are some of your favorite like Niger artists, like who's on your playlist. We know that you're down with Future and the hip hop, and I'm also down with that. But I want to know who from Nigeria is oh, on yeah. your playlist. Yeah. Oh yeah. So right now, I'm really on that Burna Boy. Yes. <laughs> Burna Boy is really. Oh yeah. I'm. I'm really. This is his time. His shining. He's doing so well. I actually saw him in concert in uh, San Francisco, like early April or something. Yeah. So I, I really have Burna Boy on rotation. and But sometimes, it's just, you know, whatever plays, whatever comes in, we'll, you know, I'm fine with. I, I, but I like Burna Boy's style. It's soothing. Burna's you know. fresh. Like, it's we can't good. even... And some of these, some of these Zanku, he's fresh, right? It's yeah, cool. he's really fresh. Like, you know, like just, you know, that Killian Ben song with the Zanku, you know? Yeah. No, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't put a price on that. So I, I really have Burna Boy on rotation, a heavy rotation right now. No, yeah, without a doubt. Um, and then also just um, you know, this year I think I believe Ghana is celebrating the year when the first documented slave left um Ghana. So it's the year of return, but I think it's a it's a um it's being celebrated around West Africa, and there is a huge call for a lot of people okay. within the diaspora to come and you know be involved again in the continent. You know, for you, how how would you want your legacy right. with regards to that? Because do you, do you go back to Nigeria often? Um, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm there every year. Wow. But I go to Nigeria. Yeah, I, I, I try to go every year, and I, it really is a reset for me, right? Awesome. I go spend time with family, mm. eat good, pure, organic food. I mean, the eggs taste different. The yes. plantain taste different. <laughs> yes. Everything is fresh. Yes. Everything is just fresh. Mm. I'm just yummy. Mm. And just eat, and, and, you know, and, and vibe, but... Now, with the fact that, like I said, I'm becoming more unhidden, and this, and it really did take off, right? It took off like a rocket, like Future said, Olajuwon, Hakeem, A. But it really has taken off this year as I've become more unhidden, and there are kind of multiple requests and multiple calls for me to be more prominent, more active. So I see myself doing some more of that um, this awesome. year. And I think I'm going to be back in November in Lagos, too, for something in the tech Awesome. Um, sector. There's just there's, there's a lot, and I, I think I see myself participating um, more and doing more than just eating and resetting <laughs> and being a baby girl. It, it <laughs> being a baby girl while my you know if I go home to Nigeria, my mom will wake me up to eat, and then I can go back to sleep. I'm like, isn't that just wonderful? Fantastic. Yeah. Isn't that just nice? You know, it's fantastic. So. Yeah, it's, it's exci- exciting times, man. Exciting mm-hmm. times ahead. And then my final question, my final question, it's my belief, and just when you look at the stats, that Nigeria has has given the world some of its greatest minds across the board, across sectors in general, you know? What do you feel, and I, I almost feel like that story is not told often enough. What do you feel is the biggest misconception with regards to Nigeria or Africa as a whole, from your personal perspective, that you would be like, Look, this is what it really is. The biggest misconception. The biggest misconception. Wow. Well, I mean, there, there are quite a few that you know that always get the um the rep. Oh, we're just you know out there to make the quick money and mm. screw whoever over. But then the one really, really pervasive one that I don't know that we've been able to really shake off mm. is the internet scam one. So when people hear Nigerian, a red flag, right? Mm. They just it's kind of like hairs just kind of stand up in regards to that. So mm. and, and like if I, in fact I've had to call. There was one time that 
I was working, I, I, I eventually turned them down. I was trying to get a, I had graduated, I had a couple of offers, and then I was in Nigeria for the holiday, and I needed to call the HR rep to discuss something with her about the offer and needing more time. And I called her for my Nigerian number, I was in Nigeria, and she didn't pick up. <laughs> and she had the audacity to tell me in an email, like, oh, like later, that, oh, she didn't know if it was, you know, a scam or something, so she didn't pick I'm like, wait, what? This, I, yeah. I, I trained them down. I didn't work with them. I said, you know, I said no, but it, it was still like, oh my goodness, we're still having to, to deal with that. We're still having to kind of, you know, that's, it's so foregrounding who we are and just kind of overshadowing until they get to know us. It's like, oh, I didn't want to pick up because I didn't know if it was a scam. Like, is it a scam that they're going to hear your voice and just steal? You know, we said, which scam is this? And, you know, prevent. I, I, I'm really going to prevent you from being the neuroscientist that you were set out to be. Like, calm down. Like, you know. So yeah. there, there's some of that. And then, you know, when they get to know you, they're very impressed. We're hard workers. You know, yeah. we're chugging. We're just, we're just trying to survive and stuff like that. But yeah. that whole Internet 419 scamming thing has really, I don't know that we have been able to shake that off. Yeah. I really don't. But, but yeah, but we're hardworking people. want to eat, turn up, yeah. work, you know. But Dr. Yeah. Dr. Wendy Okolo, it has been a pleasure having a conversation with you. Um, you you literally are the definition of African excellence. You know, um, just everything that you're doing, just keep at it. Um, I'm sure that we're going to be hearing more and more and more about the awesome work that you're doing. So thank you so much for spending time with us in Africa State of Mind. And please, you and me will keep eating the yam. We'll see which one's going to have twins first between me and you. Of <laughs> Between me and you, which one is it? Of course, of course. <laughs> of course. Thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for the work that you and providing the channel, right, for us to have this access, for me to be able to reach people. If you didn't have this channel, if you didn't provide me this opportunity, how would I be able to reach girls in South Africa or people on the, on the continent that can hear this? So it's very important work that you do. Thank I appreciate you. your efforts. You're smart. You're loyal. You know? <laughs> I'm loyal. Thank you. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day. (laughs) Head to lifepodcasts.fm to find out more on the positive changes people are making on the continent in Africa State of Mind. Subscribe to this podcast at lifepodcasts.fm or on your favorite podcast app. Subscribing to a live podcast is free.